What's up, everybody? You are listening to Suds Buds, the show where good buds talk good suds with the fine workers of the beer industry. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Anderson. I hope this podcast finds you well. In studio with me tonight, we have producer and engineer, Salsa Dave, Samuel Stiglmeyer. We'll get back to him in a minute. Also in studio with me is uh, Dustin Stelton, co-host of the show. What's up, Dustin? What's happening, buddy? How are we living today? Doing all right, doing all right. Excited to be back in here, recording another one of these. Uh, yes, well, man. It's been about a week. Good to be back in here. Had a Monday today. Ready to rip it. Ready to grip it. Let's have a day, man. It's going to be fun. So maybe right off the bat, we should say that uh, if it sounds a little funky on the other end, which we hope it's coming through crisp and clear, uh, we are recording through some laptop audio. We had some technical difficulties before sure. the show with uh, the new equipment, but we will get that uh, sorted out, or rather, Sam will get that sorted out. Uh, but we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, yeah, man, what, what have you been up to? Dude, you know, this weekend really wasn't that much of a crazy one. I took a little bit of a weekend off. I, uh, I went a little crazy the weekend prior, going out and taking photos and whatnot. So this weekend was... It's kind of my off weekend. It was kind of my decompress weekend. I got to hang back, hang out with some loved ones, have a couple, have a couple good beers. You know, I already talked to you prior. Might touch on that a little bit in the episode about uh, what we tried. And uh, yeah, it was just a good mind, to, good weekend to reset, get back to uh, back to who we are. So that was nice, man. Nice. Yeah, you've had a busy couple weeks. Um, For sure. It's a we both have it. Uh, work picking up. Work picking up. Yeah, I mean, we're really starting to get. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm at least starting to get back to a little bit of a routine. Definitely. Back to some nice. sort of normalcy, you know. Yeah. After all the stuff that's gone on with the virus, it's just you know everybody being laid off for the time that they were. It feels nice getting back into that 40, 42 hour. Uh, a week grind and you know getting back to something instead of doing like your little side hobbies and whatnot it uh it feels good to be a part of something i love the team that we're in and uh it's just overall uplifting for my happiness in general i would say most definitely absolutely it it definitely feels good once you uh clock out after a hard day of work but uh, nothing more satisfying man you mentioned hobbies there. Is there anything in specific that you've kind of been picking up now that it's spring and nice outside and we can kind of yeah, man, definitely. play outdoors, socially distanced, of course? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, uh, me and you have been bantering back and forth for almost for long as I've known you, which has been about a year now, but photography, a little bit of cinematography. I've been in and around that spheres for a long time. Um, since the gyms aren't open, I've kind of just axed that completely. And just been somewhat trying to get outside, do things outside, but it's mainly just been photography, streaming. I've been streaming some video games at Dusty Trunks for anybody listening at home. Come watch me play Halo 5. You know where it's at. Um, but other than that, man, it's just this whole this whole time period has just been a big reset button, and uh, it's been a good time to relax. And, uh, get back, Get back to a stabilization point. Well, glad to hear it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, stuff's been, some of the stuff in our world's been a little bit heavy, but to hear that you're, uh, you know, powering through, keeping your head up and... We're trying, man. It's important. 
but what about uh, you i see you got some uh, vegetables out in the garden i got some vegetables um doing a little bit of gardening uh, i took the year off of gardening last year just because i kind of was mid move so didn't really have time to plant vegetables i think i moved in here in july that's fair but uh yeah i got a little garden going um probably a dozen 15 plants out there that's gonna be sweet i can't wait to try some of the world famous eric salsa dude salsa dave and eric throwing down on some salsa absolutely and hot sauce i definitely want to do another fermented hot sauce that's something i haven't done for probably like a year and a half now and i think that would be if you did something with jalapenos i'd be all Absolutely. I got one jalapeno plant growing out there right now. So. I'm sold. I am sold. Hell yeah. Consider it a deal. But yeah, um, gardening, that's been good. Um, like you said, going back to work at the brewery has felt really nice. Um, you know, when you go from not working at all back into that full 40 hour a week swing, it, it can be uh, a bit much. what's that? It can be a bit much at first. It's yeah, really at first. exactly. It feels, a. Uh, it feels like a lot, but it's, I'd rather be busy than being, I guess, board you know at least we're staggering it too at work you know opening up with just the 50 people and then now tomorrow we're opening up with the what was it i think it's 205 total capacity correct that's 205 from the uh fire departments whatever they call it yeah fire code i think we're yeah 50 capacity or yeah 50 outside half capacity inside so that's gonna be great i cannot wait for that so many people are stoked for it too which is gonna be great for us yeah, I can't wait. And also, I know we talked about like going out and doing stuff. And I also want people to know that we have been not ignoring what's going on. You know, it's not like the world's com- no, a completely normal no. place. You still want to throw on a mask. At least I do when I go into a gas station and stuff. So it's got to be safe, people. You got to be safe. But care about the ones around you. Absolutely. It's important. Um, it's super hot, man. It is really hot in the studio. It's extremely think. hot in here. Jesus. You thirsty? I mean, twist my arm. Well, we got some business to take care of first. So I like that. I think it's time we, uh, we crack open the conversation. For sure. Uh, really excited about this one. Our guest today is a man of many hats. He's a, a brewery manager, a bartender. He's a drummer, Ooh. graphic designer, Ooh. and he's a decent pool player. Oh. Uh, basically, he's just a pretty cool dude. Our good friend, Mr. Nate Upfidel. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how we doing, fellas? What's up, brother? It's good to talk to you, man. Good to see you guys and be seen by you, you know? Yes, sir. It sucks that we are under the circumstances that we're under. I would love to see your beautiful beautiful face in studio as much as possible, but, you know. I know you you listeners can't hear me, but I'm blushing over here. Oh, such a sweetheart. You are. Hopefully they can hear you. They just can't, can't see you. They can they can hear the blood rushing to my cheeks. Oh damn! Yeah, <laughs> loud, loud blood. Nate, hey, what do you say we uh, what do you say we crack open a beer, buddy? Hell yeah! So, I don't wanna don't wanna step on you, but where are you from? What do you what do you do as we're we're cracking open this beer? How do Dustin and I know Nate? Uh, oh, um, so I'm originally from Faribault, Minnesota, about 45 minutes south of Minneapolis. Um, I, you know, working, trying to get into the beer industry, um, ended up starting at bald man with both of you guys. That's been, I think me and Dustin started at about the same time. Yeah. Same week. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's been, yeah, just over a year now. Um, well, it's, it's been a wild ride. 
it, yes, it has been, yep. to say uh, the least. Learning, learning something new every day there. Uh, not all necessarily beer-related, but that's just fine. Definitely. Well, Nate, we kind of themed our beer selection today. Uh, I figured that since we got three Minnesota fellers in the studio that we would pick out three Minnesota beers. So you selected a beer that you have not tried that is brewed in Minnesota. Um, yep, yep. I selected a beer uh, that I have not tried that's brewed in Minnesota. And Dustin selected a fantastic beer that you like. That I have tried. He has tried. But I, I tend to stick with what I like and what I know. I, I don't like to venture outside my comfort zone very often. So I'm going to, I'm going to put this one at a solid, you'll like it. Oh, all right. That sounds promising. Nate, since you are the guest on our wonderful show, I think it is only fair that we crack your beer open first. So tell everybody what you brought to the table today. So today we've got uh, Jack Pine Brewery. Um, I looked them up. They're out of Baxter, Minnesota. Um, so this is their jalapeno cream ale called Ooh. Vengeance. Um, I like it. Super simplistic can design. It reminds me of, I don't know, it's kind of like a day up north. You know, like I get like very hard log cabin feels from this can design and it's even got a kind of a bit of a texture to it if you feel that oh yeah it's um i don't i don't know if that's on purpose or if it's just the kind of matte finish that they use for their label we'll go with it towards its story building it is weird though because it looks wood grain right and definitely. it definitely has a no you're right that that tree on there seems like it's definitely textured. definitely textured i dig it yeah that, that ink bump out you know what this uh, says i could call it home i was gonna gonna say judging judging by the uh yeah well i mean the name's jack pine so like you know trees are their thing i like it i'm gonna guess pretty heavily wooded area not gonna say i'm familiar with baxter but so nate before we uh we take a swig of these what do you say we play a game Ooh, uh -oh. I like games so i'm gonna run through the instructions of this game and once i'm through the instructions and you confirm that you understand what we're doing we will crack our beer we will cheers we will sip and dustin and i well you'll see where it's going game's called fermentation interrogation <laughs> so we've got eight questions laid out for you today rapid fire style coming from both of us okay you understand Oh, that, that's the whole, those are that's all the, the rules. That's, that's the game. It's, a, you know, I'm keeping it pretty simple. I feel like when there's beer involved, you don't want to go over the top with rules and. Well, yeah, I mean, but you opened it up with rules and then you just explained what the game is. And that, <laughs> that's, I, okay. Yeah, no, I get it. I think, I think they're pretty straightforward here. Nice Nobody time. loses. Everybody wins. We all drink beer. <laughs> exactly. All right. All so right. can I crack this one? Let's right. do it. Hey. Just got a little bit of jalapeno on my my macbook which is not ideal thanks Dustin. just did the same Three. thing excuse the delay we're pouring this into a mug maybe even get a cool sound or something oh, into that. God, that is such a victorious sound kind of redeemed yourself after that pour earlier now I whoa dude so i thought we weren't going to talk about that okay, on the podcast okay we won't talk about it and no, that, you can bring it up. You can bring it up. Does that, have something, does that have something to do with the stain on his shirt? <laughs> it 
it doesn't. It doesn't. But uh, <laughs> we it's can close. talk about that if you want. You know what? Let's not. Let's not. Let's move okay. on. All okay. right. Let's take a sip here. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Good cheers, to see buddy. you, Nate. Wait. Can we get? A, can we get a waft? Can we get a waft? Wow. It smells what like a jalapeno we, pepper. What are we picking up off the wall? Yeah. Wow. Fresh pepper. Definitely fresh pepper. There's uh, a little more sweetness in that than I thought there'd be. Ooh, that is tasty. But yeah, wow. I'm definitely, definitely getting like a, not just jalapeno, more of like a jalapeno popper. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a bit of a spice kick in there for sure. It kind of hits you right at the midpoint slash the finish, but it's got more of that like mozzarella, true to form, like finish that a jalapeno popper would, I would say. Or I'm like into a blue it. cheese finish. Oh, I, I, I think poppers are cream cheese, but yeah, no, I get that. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. They're She's cream cheese. <laughs> you just got to go to more chilies, I guess. Or are, you an app, or are you an Applebee's guy? Wow, that is really good, boys. Don't think you're getting out of here without being interrogated. Bring it on. Question number one. Cheers or it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Ooh. Always sunny. Like, That's I mean... I, Jesus, wait, do I have to explain my answers at all? Or no, is no, this no, just, go ahead. If you want, I'm, if you want, I guess. I, I'd rather not, I guess, the less I have to defeats. say about that. Well, no, I, I'm intrigued. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll go on to that next question. We'll stick to your formula here. <laughs> this is your show. Nate Diggity. Mm-hmm. Sam Adams or Duffman in the octagon? Who are you putting your money on? Mm. I feel like... I feel like Duffman. Like, oh, uh, mm, actually, I might have to take that back. Duffman, yeah, he's a big guy, but like Samuel Adams like, lived through some shit. And not only that, but I feel like he gives less of a shit. You know, Duffman might just be a you know a brand ambassador, as we you know know in the beer industry. Samuel Adams seems like an iPoke guy. That's probably <sighs> fair. Anything to win it. I feel like if the fight goes outside of the octagon, eh, since it is an octagon, it can't go outside. I was going to say, if it's a wrestling ring, I feel like, you know, it goes outside. Duffman's got, like, his cheerleaders and his entourage. But if Sam Adams brings his long rifle, you know, that could be a whole whole different thing. We never did touch on the exact rules that were going on in the octagon, so that's a fair point. I mean, I guess, yeah, octa- when, when you said octagon, I kind of just assumed, you know, MMA. I, I didn't know rifles were tended to be allowed in an octagon but i mean fuck what do i know i like it next question mm. what's your favorite flavor of Lacroix? hard-hitting mm. question i should have mentioned these were sort of beer related questions <laughs> loose beer yeah loose questions much like the flavoring is loose on Lacroix. Ooh. um i don't know i honestly don't really touch the stuff i've had like maybe three in passing and I don't get it. I really don't. Do you want to know a super embarrassing story about me? Yep. I was just at Aldi the other day, and there was this really cute woman buying LaCroix. She was mm-hmm. getting the strawberry hibiscus flavor, and I had no meat. I had zero reasoning to buy LaCroix, but I saw her pick it up. So I looked at her, and I bent down, and I picked up a 12-rack of it. And I bought her because of her, because she was cute. We said nothing to each other, but sure. I thought she was a beautiful-looking human being, so I bought hibiscus LaCroix because of that woman. 
Do you think she uh, works for LaCroix? She could be a brand ambassador. She could be, be, that could be her move. Just goes to all these, picks up a case of LaCroix occasionally, and then just puts it back when you leave. Well, I'm thinking she was just like a merchandiser that just worked at the store, and she's just doing that with LaCroix for like, you know, five hours a day, and Justin just (laughs) happened to think it, you know, got put in a trance or something. Hey, it worked on me, so it's boosting sales. Well, there you go. I mean, have you tried one of them? Are they any good? Oh, they're amazing. Love the oh, okay. I'm sold okay. on the Croy now. Oh, all right. Zero calories, carbonated water. Yes, please. <laughs> Zero sugar. Yes, please. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, couldn't you just get like a soda stream or something? <laughs> yeah, if you're like twelve. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> okay. All right, Nate. Back to the hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Bring it on. If you were stuck on a deserted island, sun's beating down on you, you have nowhere to go, and one four-pack floated up on the island to you, what are you hoping it is? Ooh. Really set that scene nicely. That was, uh-huh. that was pleasant. Thank you. Except for this yeah. being stranded on an island part. Well, and that's, yeah, yeah, that I think that's, that's kind of an interesting part here, because like... Am I just going to drink all four of those beers right now? I don't have any way to keep them cold, I'm assuming. How about this? Do you mind if I throw like an alternate on this question? I better, buddy. It's one of those things where you, you pick the four-pack out of the water, whatever your favorite beer is, and once that four-pack's gone and you think there's no beer left, you catch a glimpse out of your peripherals of another one floating by. And however fast you choose to drink these beers, there will be another four-pack that will wash oh, ashore. nice. Okay, so, okay, I get that. Oh, shit. So it's something I can't, something I got to be able to drink a lot of. Um, if we default to sessions, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going there. Um, I, I, the pistachio cream ale from Indeed keeps coming to my mind, but I don't think I could do four pack after four pack of that. Oh, Shout out to Indeed. That beer is that, nice. Oh, my God. That, that was like everything I wanted one. it to be. I feel like I'm the only one in the room that hasn't tried the pistachio. Yeah, it's it's really solid. It's something special. I guess Sam hasn't tried it either. Um, but yeah, Ambibulous, I think they've they were out today, but uh yeah. that's where I found it last time. Nice. Crawlers nice. at the tap room, I think Nate said. Yeah, that that's tasty. where I got mine. Yeah. I was all about that one. But um if I had to do Honestly, Castle Dangerous Cream Ale. I haven't really found my limit on that one. Good beer. It's just, it's easy. It's still got plenty of flavor. Still plenty of texture. Nice and light, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great choice. Do you guys want to know my very, I would say, controversial topic as a native Minnesotan? Oh, yeah. I don't like Castle Danger. Okay. To be fair, I like, don't like most cream ales. The only cream ale I truly ever enjoyed was Bald Man's Jalapeno Cream Ale. That one was good. Um, like, you don't like anything Castle Danger? Anything you've had from them, or you've only had their cream ale? I've only ever had their cream ale. Okay, okay. I feel like, you know, they're one of those breweries where... I, I like to believe that most good breweries have something on their menu that can turn turn a detractor you know and i think that's the cool thing about some of these stores that feature a lot of minnesota beers like um umbibulous which i mentioned earlier which shout out liquor store um in northeast but uh 
yeah, it's just a cool place to get all locally sourced stuff. And I felt like that really fit this episode. But I think if you go in there sometime, you know, maybe, maybe try like a Castle Danger or something or a seasonal that you haven't had before and and see what's up. Cause I've, I've definitely had that feeling with breweries before. It's like you try a couple beers that you're just not digging and then, you know, maybe you realize that the beers they distribute aren't for you, but the beers they have on tap, you know, are, so it's, I like to have an open mind yeah. about it. Well, th- this is super annoying because I've been to their tap room one time before. Oh, no kidding. We only stayed there. Yeah, we were on our way up for a snowboarding trip. And I, we stayed there for about, I would say, an hour. And I had two pre-mails. And looking back on it, that's the last two beers I should have had. I should have had everything else. You know? Yeah. Yep. That. Yeah. I mean, were you familiar with their stuff before you get, went there? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Big time. I mean, who isn't, you know? Yeah. You walk into any liquor store and you see uh, Castle Ninja Cream Ale, Cream Ale just about anywhere you look. And, yeah, that was my fault. I know my mistakes. I'll learn from it. Actually, on, on that same vein, I'm, I've got a similar one um, with New Glarus. Sure. Oh, yep. Everybody, like, touts Spotted Cow as, like, the end-all, be-all from that brewery. I've, and everything I've had from them, I like it all. But I would say that's probably the least, my least favorite one that they distribute. Like sure. they've got some real good beers, and I don't know why that's the one that everybody's like, "This is it. This is you know, this is Wisconsin right here." Right. You could bottle Wisconsin. This would be it. And I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I agree to a certain extent. I think it's a good beer. Like if someone passes me one, I'll ex- absolutely drink a Spotted Cow. But it's Definitely. not a beer that I'm hopping state lines to go chase down or anything like that. And it's not even chase down. I mean, it's, it's readily available there. It's just, we don't get it here. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so desert Island beer, you said castle danger cream ale or pistachio cream ale, both fantastic choices. Solid options. Good, sir. So Nate, you spent some time working behind the bar still to this day. Uh, My manager. <laughs> you own me. It's worth noting. Uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know about that part. Uh, what's the all-time best line you've ever heard from a customer? Oh, my God. Oh, best line. Um, I love how you know when Nate's thinking because you see that face from him. He's just, oof. It's just like sorting through all this stuff. I'll clarify, um, best doesn't have to be good necessarily, but just a line that like stands out yeah, above any memorable. other statements. Uh, I mean, I hate to gravitate towards the the rough altercate or the rough spots, but the, the guy that tried to come behind the bar and fight, you know, our host, Eric here. Oof. Um, I heard his, about that night. His constant, he said it like eight times. It was stop talking through me. Like, and literally it was just, he would interrupt every time Eric tried to say something with just stop talking through me. And it was just this incredible, like, I can't take any, and I can't take any more information, so I'm just. This is my final thought on it. Sensory overload he was having. Yeah, it's like I'm right, you're wrong. No matter what, like not even gonna let you get a word in, edgewise. Just, no, I get it. Um, yep. Been there, man. Seen those type of folk. Yeah, um, I think other like on a lighter note, some of my favorites are when people they come in like don't think, don't ask for a sample, don't ask for anything. They order a beer, and it always happens with the uh, um, 
Young American Pale Ale. Yeah. They order it because they see the word pale in there, and they're like, oh, that means light. And they think it's a blonde. And every time, like, and you can, I don't know what it is. Like, you can kind of spot those people when they order that. You're like, I don't think that means what you think it means. Yep. 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 I know exactly what you're saying, dude. It's so funny. You can spot those people from a mile away. Yep. And like, I mean, sometimes like I'll be like, hey, well, I'm not let you try it first. But sometimes, you know, when we're slammed, I'm like, all right, if that's what Have you're it. thinking. Yep. Here it comes. Definitely. It's a great beer. I think it's an underrated beer. But Oh, for sure. That was uh, the yeah. beer that made me like pale ales, coincidentally. It's, it's real easy. Here's a, here's a little bounce back on what you said. How do you feel about the questions? And this is uh, twofold. A do you have any sours and B uh, do you guys serve Jameson? <laughs> Something like one of those questions, the classics. And they are classics uh, in our, our place. Yeah. Well, I think it, I don't know. I guess I've, you know, I haven't worked behind bar in any other tap room, so I don't know for sure, but I would imagine part of it is kind of our location. You know, people yeah. see it as a bar. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, it's not, so, the, yeah, the Jameson one, I always kind of laugh at, but I'm like, you know, this is a brewery, and they're like, well, do you have, like, a, you know, Mick Golden? And I was like, right, right. okay, <laughs> on to the next step. We make all of our own beer here. We don't make Mick Golden. Yeah. yeah. Hey, how, good good the one, how good is the one? Can I get a Surly Furious? <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> a classic know, one. It's one of those things where, like, I, I want to talk to them about it, but at the same time, I know what beer they're going to end up going with. Yeah. And so I'm like, we don't have that, but this is probably what you're thinking of. I know. I know what you're thinking, but what do you usually put in their face when somebody uh, says, can I get a Surly Furious? Because it, uh, it kind of changes sometimes depending on what's on tap a little I'd bit. Say it's, it's a Misty Mountain pretty much every time. Yeah. You, don't, you uh, would never put a Killer Queen in front of their face if they asked for a Surly Furious? Because it's um, on that same high gravity, I wouldn't say we don't have really any beers that is on par with as bitter as Silly Furious is. Yeah, but I, is like a true to form West Coast. I I think part of it is the reason I go towards Misty Mountain. I don't normally give people Killer Queen unless they ask for it specifically. It's a little bit just, much to take in. That's just that high ABV. Like they came in, you know, not really under, you know, not to discredit them, but they're at a brewery and they're asking for a different brewery's beer. Right. So they might not That's really fair. fully understand the situation. So I don't want to be pumping them full of, you know, 9%. high octane. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a recipe for disaster. As I like to put it, going 90 down the freeway. <laughs> exactly. It's, and then, you know, also handing them a 10 ounce pour and then they look at me like I, I spit in it because it's not all the way to the top. Right. All right. Um, well, Nate, um, we're still playing the game. Here, yeah, by yeah. The way. I guess oh. I kind of I got I got so taken back by that conversation. It just it it sort of really made me think of you know, and what it really made me think of in the middle of all that beer talk is I recalled a specific photo from me from I would say. Oh, God, sophomore year of college when I just turned 21. And I am sitting there, my eyes are crossed, and again, we don't condone the bad use of alcohol, ladies and gentlemen. But I had 
two duct tape 40 ounce bottles to my hand and they were empty. All right. Beer is a 21 plus beverage. Please remember to drink responsibly. I've seen this photo. The best way I can describe it outside of what was in his hands is have you ever seen like a, I don't know if Android has it, but on Apple, there's like the drool face emoji where it's like, you know, it's got the stuff coming out in the eyes. Like Dustin was kind of doing like lights on. No one's home. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it looked like a, a good time. Um, yeah, yeah. So, is there ever a good time and place for forty ounces, Nate? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, <laughs> good I, answer, buddy. Absolutely. Like, I'll choose you know, that the, one. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say I should keep working on this one here. Starting to feel the warmth from the the jalapeno coming through. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. That's hot. Oh, but that's a, good, that, that's a good beer. No, I'm I'm really into this one. I, Shout out Jack always, Pine Jalapeno Cream Ale. Okay. Oh, it's uh, got the 2016 bronze for chili beer. It deserves little, it. Mm, it's got a good pepper to it. Seriously, the Jack Pine Jalapeno Cream Ale. Shout out, they did real well. I can't read what festival that's from though. Is this an all year round beer? Is what I want to know. Can I get this in the dead of January? That's a good question. I mean, if you're getting it in summer now, it's jalapenos aren't really in season, so they're not. They're more of a fall dessert or fall uh, winter beer, so it makes sense if we got them now, they'd be all year. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going with that. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, this is the first beer I've had from them, but I'd imagine if I had to guess, I'd probably say yeah. Right. So there is a time and place for 40s. Oh, that's what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those, like, you go into a, you know, a house party. Actually, shit, the last time I did it was last Christmas. Not on yes, Christmas okay. with my family. So that's, that's the okay. time and place, is but on Christmas, but not with your family? Well, not yeah, on Christmas, but not with your family. Yeah. Exactly. Christmas season, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I was in uh, Hot Springs, South Dakota. No. Okay. Uh, Hot Springs, drove up to Rapid City, uh, meet some friends that I know from college. Hadn't seen them in a long time. And everybody's hanging out, having a couple drinks, and one of their roommates rolls in, just got done with work, works at a liquor store, and he comes in with a case of uh, of 40s. (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever seen a case of 40s. It's aggressive. It's it's pretty daunting. That's a lot of beer. (laughs) Is it 24 of them? Yeah, uh, no, I think it was 12. Oh my God. Yeah. That's incredible. Can we do some quick math on that? 12 beers times 40 ounces. There's 16 ounces in a beer. Um, fuck. 400 and no, 480 ounces. Divided by 16. 30. Is that 30 pints? Is that 30 pints? Uh, our engineer, Salsa Dave, is showing me uh, a calculator. That 30 just says pints. 30. <laughs> okay. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of goddamn pints. Yeah, that's uh, a yeah. pints. That'll, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll yeah. get the party drunk. So, well, like, so he walks in and he sets it down. Like I said, everything was pretty casual up until that point. And he's like, so who wants to, who wants to tape these up? And I was like, and everybody Uh-oh. just kind of looked around and we're like, yeah, this seems like the perfect time to, you know, play Edward 40 hands. Oh, God. I mean, you got them there. You might as well. And I have zero regrets about that. I mean, hey, 
Atta boy. So, yeah, there's definitely a time and a place. I don't know if you can really, like, this is the perfect time to do it. I think, like, the opportunity presents itself, and you're like, yeah, no, this is, this will be fine. This is what we're doing tonight. Exactly. I, I don't know that I'd ever set out on a night to do that, though. Welcome to my life, sense. buddy. Yeah. So, next question. You pour a bowl of Cheerios and you're out of milk. All you have is a raspberry sour and a smoked <laughs> porter. What's yeah. going on them Cheerios, dog? Oh, God. I mean, the, the porter has to be the option, right? Like, that sounds like a trick question. Well, you're you're going to pour raspberry sour on Cheerios? I mean, Cheerios are kind of a neutral flavor, though, right? If they're not, if they're not uh, already flavored. Like, if you're not getting yogurt or cinnamon or something, it's basically just uh, wheat in a little circle. That's such a dynamic I didn't even think yeah, of. But, but, like, we're still talking breakfast. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be drinking a raspberry sour for breakfast, but I'll definitely have a, a porter for breakfast. Do you eat steak for breakfast? No, I don't eat Do steak you like, for That's what a smoked well, porter I, sounds like it would pair with. You never had eggs and steak for breakfast. Okay, better question. Okay. Do you like rotisserie roasted chicken for breakfast? I've never had rotisserie roasted chicken for breakfast. Are you pulling a brisket off the smoker for breakfast? No. I'm sorry. I guess it defeats the purpose if I judge his answers, but yeah. what, if it was, what, what if it was brisketed and smoked already for breakfast and you woke up laid out on the platter for you? Oh, absolutely. I'd eat that for breakfast. There we go. It's very different than <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to like plan out my day to eat, you know, a fresh smoked brisket for breakfast. I mean, I feel well, like that's kind of not the point. Well, how do you plan out your day to do something for breakfast? Well, okay. I guess in this situation, I haven't planned out my day because I'm deciding what kind of beer to pour on my Cheerios. <laughs> so, like, I'm already, I'm already well, lost here. Let's say, let's say I am your handmaid. I have made a raspberry sour bowl of Cheerios for you in this hand. Yep. And then also a smoked pepper or smoked porter <laughs> bowl of Cheerios in this hand. It's just Cheerios and smoked peppers. <laughs> what? Which one? First thing in the morning, fifteen minutes after waking up, you just brushed your you just brushed your toothies. Which one you having, buddy? Uh, I think first I'm firing you as my handmaid. <laughs> Like you son of a bitch. Right got, answer. Right I got answer. a handmaid and they're bringing me beer Cheerios in the morning. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but I, I don't know why this, the smoke port is still the obvious answer. Like, I mean, have you ever, like, cooked eggs on a campfire before? That's so true. Yeah. You, get that, you get that smoky flavor. You know, smoky flavor I don't think is, like, it's not – lunch or dinner specific you know you're, such, you're so much more of a man's man than i am i think that's the thing i'm just know much that's... more of a fruity individual than you are is i would take fruity anything over smoked anything any day of the week oh dusty you were you were just so much more masculine and produce so much more masculine energy than i do i think that is where we come to a crossroads here 
I, I'd have to disagree. You're rocking, you know, that train conductor mustache beard combo. <laughs> and, don't, and don't let the Triple H fool you, buddy. You, you got to be real comfortable in your masculinity to be doing something. <laughs> <like that>. Next <laughs> question. <laughs> All right, Nate Diggity. Do we get to crack another beer here? Oh, uh, after this, after this okay. is our, it's worth noting this is our final question. Okay. So, Nate. Yeah. Let's say, oh Jesus, given everything that's been happening recently, right? Unfortunately, you're down and out. Corona hit you. You're not making any sort of income. You get invited to the cookout, and then you look in your wallet and you go, "Fuck." I got 15 boner roonies. Yeah. <laughs> and I got I got to buy a case of brewskis. Oh. What am I what am I buying to appeal to the crowd? I mean, I don't even have to be broke, it'd be hands. Ah! <laughs> oh god, and the podcast. And the podcast. It'd, it'd be hands every time. Like I mean, okay, if I couldn't get hams, it'd be Keystone Light, to be perfectly right. honest. I think that's where we can come to some con- some consensus. Wait, Keystone Light or Keystone Ices? Keystone Light. Oh, we're getting drunks. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. No, it, honestly, I it's, it's weird every time I see a case of Keystone Ice. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's still a thing, isn't it? Made for alcoholics. It's kind of like when you see... cowboy hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when you see um, Coors Banquet. Now, granted, I got I love Coors oh, Banquet. Don't hate I love that beer. But like when you you're walking down, and you see it like right next to the Coors Light. You're like, oh yeah, Coors Light isn't like the original beer. It's Coors right. Banquet. No, I, right. Eric, I, I I see you chomping at the bit to throw something in there now, and I I hate to cut you off, but do you guys want to know a really really embarrassing story about me and uh, the Ices? Man, the the Keystone Ice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, Sorry, I have. I was like, I, hang on, hang on. I have, I have, I have, I have interlingual with myself. Um, my freshman year of college, so that would be 2014. It was my spring semester. My roommate had just recently got kicked out of college, like legitimately, like I was the only one in the room. So he left me this like, like reclining chair. It was like a lazy boy type thing, like a super raggedy lazy boy. Like when you throw it back, like you might fall out of the chair. You know, you got to position yourself up properly, otherwise you're gonna <laughs> fall out of it when you slam her back. Okay, I feel like we gotta address something here. Like he didn't leave that for you. He just didn't want to take it. Like, I was thinking, like, yeah, oh, he left yeah, you, like, a nice piece of furniture. Yeah. No, he didn't want to yeah. clean it up. No, no, okay. That is – thank you for the clarity. That is 3,000% what happened. Dustin's just finally realizing what happened. Right? You know, I was going to say, like, I'm not trying to judge a guy that gets kicked out of college, you know. But uh, – I think I just got taken advantage of. So what, yeah. when did ISIS come into play? So – we, I, actually, we, me, I would watch Friends. And you, how many episodes and how many seasons is Friends? Like eight seasons. 
10 seasons. 10 seasons, like 11 episodes-ish. I only know that because Sam just threw 12 episodes. Thank you, Sam. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. 22? 22 episodes each. I binge drank Keystone Ices and binge watched Friends and finished the entire series within the second week of finals week because we had two weeks of finals week and failed every one of my finals. Oof. <laughs> okay. Probably uh, a good time to note that uh, Suds Buds is a, <laughs> it's a podcast based on beer, which is an adult beverage meant for people 21 plus, so please drink yes, responsibly. Sir. Don't drink it in your dorm room. But it's a true-to-form story, and I felt the need to let people know. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of details I want answered about this, but I don't feel like this is the proper time for it. I mean, there's no more proper time for you to find out <laughs> answers, Nate. <laughs> well, Nate, I don't know about you, but I'm empty. Yeah. What did you think of that? What are we thinking of Jack Pine? I think we're gonna implement our rating system because this is the first beer we've drank on the show. Yeah. So let's go with a five-star system. I like it. Sure. Well, are we doing five point or just five even numbers? If it deserves a half star or a decimal point, we'll throw it in there. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. Like, I mean, I really, I was a big fan of this beer. Um, I would absolutely buy it again. Um, I guess I would probably give it, I'd give it a four star. Ooh, there's, that's there's a heavy really, score. There's really nothing I would change about it. Um, there's nothing that I would kind of wish that it had more of or any less of. The little sweetness, kind of like jalapeno poppers, like we were talking about, was surprising, but okay. um, I had no issue with that. Um, yeah, I I definitely think it deserves whatever beer award this was. The this bronze, a- and I... Really want to try what the other two were if this was the, the bronze award. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, uh, go ahead and give your opinion. Uh, you know, I really liked it. I, I'm i curious as well what, what award it won because, I mean, I I was super into it. I like jalapeno cream ales in general or just peppers and beer. Mm. Um, and I think this one managed to pull off a nice level of heat while still being uh, – very drinkable in a sense that I could have a couple if I wanted to and not be like dried out or just have my tongue just fried from peppers. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was nice. I'm, I'm putting it at four stars. Wow. You know, now that you guys have brought up some super valid points, I've been starting to think, and I think I might, me starting to change my answer i was teeter-tottering on about a three one three two but as soon as you guys brought up drinkability and this is all subjective but it really in terms of cream ales and jalapeno cream ales i think it truly shot up my true score of it i think we're at a three six boys nice i think i think it's it's a solid beer it's balanced well, and it tastes just like one of my favorite appetizers of all time. Jalapeno poppers. I mean, who doesn't like that, you know? That's true. Me being me, I like a little bit on the spicier edge. I think that's why I'm a little bit more biased towards Bald Man's Jalapeno Cream Ale. It's because it kind of gives you that, like, kick right in the gut a little bit more. But, you know, that is subjective. Yeah. 
I like that, that you can get this in a can. I wish we could big. get the bald man cream ale in a can. That you know? is also big. I think that I think that probably earns a plus point two in the rating scales. So three point eight then. Just because of distribution purposes. Yeah, where you don't you you can get it anywhere, anytime. Bingo. Thing. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, drinkable. Def- definitely want to check out some more of their stuff after that one. Um, so that was the the jack pine jalapeno cream ale vengeance um jack pine is located in baxter minnesota and yeah i'm also very curious to see what else they got on tap but uh i will support vengeance jalapeno cream ale all day all day hell yeah nate are you uh are you empty over there buddy i am empty what do you say we crack open the second one huh which which one are we doing here so in front of me i have my selection for today it's uh it's a new one. We're kind of going to go we're going to go a little weird with this if we're like okay. It. We're going to start yeah. out spicy. We're going to go a little heavy and then we're going to finish off with something just light and sweet to close us out, like okay? It. So in front of us, let's see Nate's got it in his hand as well. Um it's a good looking can. It is a good looking can. It's kind of a I don't even know how you describe it. kind of a cool diamond print uh going on. It's very psychedelic looking. Yeah, almost kind of like Argyle too, in a way. I don't know. It's yeah. it's tough to explain, Very but it's uniform, patterned. I'm into it. Uh, yeah, this is the Black Lotus, which is a milk stout with coconut, brewed by the folks over at Barrel Theory Brewing Company. Shoot, oh, Barrel Theory, one of my favorites. <clears throat> uh, Barrel Theory is located in Saint Paul, Minnesota, and I think you and I probably both know Barrel Theory mainly from their sours. Yeah, they had a oh jeez, it was a blood orange sour that I had to stop by and had in their tap room. Unfortunately, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it was absolutely. I God, I want to say it was a a ghost. I want to say it was a blood orange ghost. I've seen ghosts there. I've seen Berliner Weisses. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. It goes. Um, Barrel Theory. Oh, I got more beer on me. Uh, it seems like Barrel Theory kind of focuses on um, yeah sours and hazies. Yeah, a lot of they. I've seen a lot of them in recent months. I've seen a lot of barrel aged like stouts and porter. I mean, this was in the winter months when I was working the uh, like winter dabbler stuff like that autumn beer review. And they were they were definitely heavily pandering to the colder months type beers, and uh, yeah, I mean this they they consistently come out with hits. I love Barrel Theory. They're one of my favorite breweries in the state. They know what they're doing. Definitely. <laughs> Excuse me. Absolutely. Right. Oh, look at that poor Nate. Oh, yeah. It's a good-looking beer. That looks like absolute chocolate. That is dark. Okay. So before we crack into this, um, this beer was also purchased at uh, – before we sip this. This was also purchased at Ambivulous. Um and the woman that sold it to me said that uh, proceeds from this beer are going towards local social justice organizations. Nice. And I tried to look it up. I didn't see anything. I, I believe it. But uh, definitely, if that's the case, uh, very cool. Curious to learn a little more about this. Boys, how about we do a, a cheers and a sniff? I'm into it. I'm going to try not to spill on my computer this time. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we suppose we can actually cheers. <laughs> we're, we're in the same room. Hmm. I'm getting chocolate and booze. 
I know, I'm a little worried. I've got, you know, I'm all over here on my own. I got to finish this whole crawler and then the next one here. I'm I'm smelling shredded coconut, and it's reminding me of, like, uh, I grew up in Cold Spring, Cold Spring Bakery, uh, really popular place in central Minnesota, but uh, would always get their, their long johns there, which had, like, shredded coconut on them. And this is smelling a lot like that to me. I'm starting to pick that, up definitely more coconut now, for sure. Doesn't uh, doesn't smell overly sweet? No. Which, I don't know. With something like that, I'm always a little worried. Is this um, an imperial stout? Uh, it's not an no. imperial. It is a is it a milk stout. Nope. Yeah, coconut oh, yeah. milk stout. Milk stout with coconut. Still sitting fairly big at six point nine. Okay. A little bit smaller than what they're used to, right? They're usually up in the eight nines, eight eights. But I feel like those are a lot of barrel aged beers, like you were definitely. saying. Like, a, yeah, definitely. They specialize in that. This is high for like a milk stout. I feel like for sip boys. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Cheers, fellas. Mm. Shit, that's tasty. Right away, heavily creamy. There's, I get a, I get a very heavy sweetness that hits me, hits me right away, but it diminishes very quickly and it turns into coconut. They definitely, they brought out the coconut very well in that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, no, I think that coconut's really well balanced in that. Yeah. Or you get the, I, you get the classic stout, like chocolate, like deep, dark chocolate in there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely um, sweeter than I was expecting just yeah. off the nose, um, and I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, yeah, don't mind sweet beers in moderation. In moderation, yeah. It's um, No, this is really nice. I don't know if I would have a second pint of it, personally, but that's subjective. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. always amazed by the people that come in and they just you know drink like the, the porters and the milk stouts on nitro like all day long. That would be and our brewers. I just I, I don't have I don't have the gut for that. Yeah. That would be our brewers, buddy. Our brewers yeah. are one of a kind. Iron stomachs. Respect though. No, this is a nice beer. I'm into it. Um I always kinda have really high expectations for barrel theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do they do some good stuff. How would you say there. this ranks in comparison to the other stuff that you've tried from them? Um, it's hard because it, I mean, you got to rank it next to like, obviously for me, they're sours, which subjectively is my favorite, but yeah, I mean, barrel theory, just they're they do such small batches of such wildly different kind of stuff. Um, like, I don't think that I could compare. It's tough to rank them against like, I, this beer against like a hazy beer like this right you know we're not looking for the same things um to be honest i don't know if i've ever had any of their stouts uh, i tried to get in on the drawing for one of them because mm, they were doing a bottle release during this during the covid shutdown and because their previous bottle release just got bought out at like nine in the morning like i forget how many bottles they said they made but it sold out with like under an hour Wow. And opened at nine in the morning. Um, they decided to do a raffle system. So you buy a raffle ticket online for $1. And then they, I think it was like 250 bottles. And then 
and all the money that was raised during for the dollar um that went to what organization was it i think it was a local food pantry that they donated to nice but then yeah so basically you got the option to actually buy the beer so that way you know that because shit i was up at i i missed that first bottle release by like probably 20 minutes no i thought i thought waking up by 10 a.m to order beer online would be sufficient but i was wrong well i mean look at uh what top lane goliath does right they'll have they'll have stuff like their stealth bomber release and they're sold out within what would you guys say 20 25 minutes if that when the demand's that high you know it's some good beer yeah and i mean you know you know you got a winning product when something like when something like that happens i mean there's we have nothing bad to say about barrel theory because to me, all of their beers, even though if they might not always be in specifically my personal favorite tastes, they've always been just balanced enough and just into my palate enough to where I could recommend it. You know? Yeah. I, I've never had one of their beers that I wouldn't recommend to somebody. For sure. For sure. Um, obviously, that speaks a lot about them. Um, but also, like, if you've gone to any festival where they're there, that, 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 is, a, that is a table you have to wait in line to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, never, you never just get to casually walk up to their stuff. No. Like, even at the, uh, the Winter Beer Review, they – I think they – I don't know if they were the only one to run out of all the beer they brought, Jeez. but yeah, they ran out of everything. Mm-hmm. That's and, crazy. And with like, a, I think at least a couple hours to go. Yeah. And it's not like they, you know, obviously they want to get out as much as they can, but they, yeah, they just burned through everything that they had. When I went to autumn beer review, they had burned through their six at such an incredible rate and we were it was literally bald man was one tent and barrel theory was the next tent we were connected touching each other and i remember watching them burn through their their kegs and i was like wow wow and they were obviously giving us samples of everything they had and i was like okay rightfully so you yeah. guys deserve it. Barrel theory. <laughs> Put the WWE championship <laughs> on exactly. that waist because they deserve it all they, the way. They, they brought their amazing. We're not affiliated brought, with Barrel Theory, by the way. We like no, their beer. We no. like a lot of places' beers, but uh, no, I agree. They, it's good stuff. They brought their own ladder to climb up to get that belt because man, those guys are ridiculous. Hey, there's um, some contenders. So we, we talked about, uh, you know, you mentioned the winter beer review and you mentioned the autumn. We're talking about some cool local events. Um, bringing it back locally, is there a, a Minnesota beer memory, a first Minnesota beer memory that sticks out for you? First Minnesota beer memory. Either That's... like having a beer in this state or the first time you fell in love with a beer that was made here. Because I feel like a lot of people are, you know, if they try their first beer when they're in college or something, it's usually like a cheap domestic or something like that. Yeah. Probably not yeah. a Minnesota-made beer. No, I, I grew up as a uh, a very conservative young lad. Um, so, yeah, my, my first beer wasn't until college. Um, 
I, actually, my first, I think my first craft beer from Minnesota was probably Junkyard out of Moorhead. Okay. Um, yeah, I went to college up there, and they had one. Uh, it was called Oak Aged Free Candy. Okay. That was a Belgian triple, and that that beer was wild. I mean, it it wasn't a subtle beer. Um, you you know you could definitely taste the the booze in that one. I think it came out at like ten percent. Oh wow, nine or ten percent. But I remember just sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, well, what is this whole thing? Like, that was just like the first thing I saw on the menu. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you know, because with a lot of a lot of beers, you like, you see a funny name and you're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to buy that for sure. Right. You know, and like the logo for it, or they had a little picture for it. And it was just like a weird, sketchy, like, um, like version band with no windows and it just had oak aged or it had free candy written on the side. Weird. So like, oh, that's kind of funny. I'm going to buy that. That's some interesting branding. That is crazy. Yeah. They do. Junkyard does a lot of really cool branding for their stuff. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of really funny art. Um, they always seem to toe the line on like they might get a cease and desist from somebody at some point for some of their artwork, but. I know, I know this is a, a, a very bad question to ask, especially because I think this is the first time on the podcast we've ever asked this, but is, is, is it okay if I go use the restroom? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. You're, you're not allowed. As the guest, you're not allowed. All right, we're going to take a little break here. It's, uh, it's pretty hot on this porch, and uh, I need a glass rinse, so we will be back real quick on Suds Buds. All right, we are back uh, during a little break. Uh, yeah, just moved around a little bit. Uh, Nate just hero chugged uh, the the last of his stout, which was pretty cool to watch via webcam. He's gonna be feeling funky in his room in a minute here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just a little six point nine. We'll be all right. We'll get through it. I've been training for this my whole life. We got a Belgian strong on tap. We're all right. <laughs> Dusty, you want to mention at all what happened during the break? Yeah. So. I kind of mentioned to the boys that I really wasn't feeling the coconut stout that we had been drinking. I know I had given it a pretty fair rating to begin with, and I had started off really strong with the beer, but over time, it really became a little bit of a chore to keep drinking on. I think... You know what? No, I'm I'm positive it was the sweetness to it. it. It was it was way too overly sweet for me to finish. I think it would have been perfect for about a ten ounce pour. I don't think. I mean, unless this is all subjectively speaking, by the way, folks. Um, I think a crowler splitting it between two folks was a little bit too much for me. I uh, I would have preferred a little bit more balanced type of stout. A little bit taken off the sweetness on the top. And, yeah, it, it just wasn't my thing. I had to pour it out. I had to refresh my palate. I had to go get a drink of water. It was, it was really bugging me. I think it's worth noting, too. I mean, nothing against Barrel Theory. That's kind of the, the thing we're going to be exploring with this show is that uh, not all beers are for everyone, you know? It's all subjective. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about it is there's a beer for everyone, but you're not necessarily going to like everything. Um, that's Okay. Dusty, do you normally do sweet beers? Like sweeter? You know, I, as, as, 
I am newer to the craft beer game than both of you. And as I've been getting into it, I would have thought I was into more of the sweeter beer game. But I've drifted away from that and kind of became a part of the more balanced beers. I like it both ways. I want I want a little bit of sweetness, but I want I also want it to have a little bit of that bitterness kick to it, you know. And I, I really appreciate balance. I don't want it to be super far in any direction. Sure. So, what we just drank was the Black Lotus from Barrel Theory Beer Company. Uh, Dustin, not a huge fan, not your thing. What are you giving it on the five star rating? Oh, if I had to re-recommend it, and this is all subjectively speaking, folks. Um, gosh, I give it a 3-2. I think it's a little bit too overly sweet. I think it, it is absolutely fantastic when you get it in a 5-10 to 10 ounce pour. It's only 6.2%, so it's not on that fast track. 90 down the freeway type of thing that we're looking for with a 10 ounce type of pour, but it is super good in small portions. I do not think it is a sessionable all day type of beer. I don't think this is my go-to all type of all day type of beer. Not a bad beer. Just not your cup of tea. No, no, no. I think, you know, if I was in the right mood, right time, right place, I think this would be a very excellent dessert beer but not as it stands right now where we are yeah yeah it is it is pretty sweet um i was i was into it not my favorite thing also not an ideal day to be drinking a, a stout when it's like 100 degrees but, it is a little uh, humid out here um, I, got, I got that ac pumped up right now I'm, <laughs> of I'm, course you do keep yeah. bragging yeah i i had <laughs> I got double socks on right now, all right? I'm, I'm doing just fine. Not all of us can live as lavishly as you do, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Not, uh, not the best day for it, but I still think it was a good beer. Would recommend. Um, I'm going to give it a three right in the middle. Um, if someone's looking for a stout, yeah, I'd throw this out there. I think this was tasty. Check it out. A little bit sweeter, a little bit heavier than what I needed for right now, but that's okay. Uh, it's pretty good. Nate, yeah. what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, this probably wasn't the, the greatest time to be drinking, you know, 18 ounces of a milk stout. <laughs> but, um, I mean, going into it knowing it was a milk, milk stout, I expected it to be pretty heavy. Right. Uh, it was a little sweeter than I initially thought it was going to be. Um, but I I definitely recommend it to anybody looking for a milk stout. Um, I would I'd probably put it three five, three nice. seven. Um, I it's yeah, I got, I got nothing against this beer. Um, again, Barrel Theory just killing it. Um, but yeah, definitely shorter pours would probably yeah. be the way to go with this one. I'd agree. I'd and agree. I think agree. honestly, I kind of think that with basically all milk stouts. Um, a lot of porters. It's not often I want an entire yeah. pint or stein. Beers by nature. Yeah. But yeah, a, a crawler, I'd say that's like a, if I got two friends over and we just finished, you know, dinner, 
I'd you know split that three ways, and that'd probably be about perfect. Yeah. Again, Absolutely. all subjective. Drink what you want to drink. All right. Well, that rounds out the reviews for the Black Lotus Milk Stout with coconut from the fine folks over at Barrel Theory Beer Company off of East Seventh Street in St. Paul. Definitely. Check them out. All right. Last but not least, um, we've got Dustin's beer. Oh, God. (laughs) This is one of those beers that, Nate, you, unfortunately, did not have the absolute pleasure to join us with the other day when we were able to crack open one of these frothy, frothy, frothy crawlers. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. I'll give you first tips. Um, I think you know th- this is this is a bold statement, and again, this is subjective to my tastes. But I'm gonna go ahead and put this in my top five beers of all time, Nate. Wow! All right. This is this is, and I'm gonna wait for you. I'm to I'm not gonna it, with that. I'm, I'm not gonna judge the beer off that. I'm gonna judge you off that. Well, of course, of course. But I will say everything I've had from these these guys I, is, has been great. Um, that was such a good pour. That was there. such <laughs> a good pour. Can we get, can we get it on oh. camera cheers for how good of a pour <laughs> Thanks, that was? Buddy. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, that, everything I've had from Falling Knife so far has yeah. just been fantastic. And I think they, they knew what they were doing. Um, you know, they've only been open for, I think, less than a year. Um, they're masters. They're masters. Yeah, they they've all cut their teeth on the local brewing. Yeah, the local brewery scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, they opened in Northeast, which is the highest concentration of breweries in Minnesota. Right. Yeah. Um, before we dive too deep into this one, what are we drinking? We are drinking today, folks. The Fallen Knife, Key Lime, the dubbed Key Club, Key Lime Kolsch. And before you take a sip of it, just know you are in for an absolute roller coaster of flavors. It is something that you might not have expected. I'm excited to try this one again. This was our shifty that we had last this week. This was a shifty. But uh, I'm going to try to go into this as though it's my first time trying it. So. Hey, boys. Cheers, gentlemen. Oh, wait, wait. What are, we getting, what, are we, what are we getting on the sniff? What are we getting on the sniff? I'm I'm not getting a lot on the sniff. Um, and I might that might just be because it's you know a light Kolsch. I get color. very I get very heaven very heavy lime. Not much else, just lime. I wasn't okay. getting a ton on the nose. A little bit of fruit, a little bit of fruit, but nothing nothing offensive or overpowering. Let's no, no. let's no. sip let's sip it for sips. Ooh. Lots of lime. In a good that's way. That's a lot of yeah. No, that's that's real tasty. That's just as good as I remember it, boys. I I I definitely I had high hopes for this one too. Um, Falling knife, like I said, everything I've had from them, um, they actually did kind of a cool opening strategy. They released. They had four. I think it was four beers that they made before the brewery actually opened. Before the tap room opened. And they did a little tour around Minneapolis where they would bring kegs of these beers to, many, to a restaurant. 
the owners would be there and you could order them right off the tap list. Um, the one I went to, they also prepared, uh, Do we know how land- that did for them? Huh? Do we know how that did for them with, I think, it, I think it did really well. Um, I mean, people were just excited to try it and it was kind of cool. Like, Oh, this rest, like they posted the, they called it like the falling knife tour. So like okay. they posted a big list of restaurants. So that way people like, you know, a tap room opens, everybody's just trying to get in like all at once. But with this system, like, oh, this restaurant over by my house is now, they're going to have these beers on this date so I can go try that quick. Right. Sure. Right. It's a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. Not, um, not to shoot down your idea by any means, because I think that's a good idea, but it's got to be a lot of trust on the distributor's side because there, there's tons. I mean, let's not joke around, folks. There's so many craft breweries nowadays trying to make a name for themselves, trying to etch their little corner part of the uh, part of the market out. But when you can do something and you can do something so well and separate yourselves from the pack and from the competition, you really. I mean, it's early enough in the game where you truly have like that corner of the market and if falling knife was truly able to do that well enough and i think we'll find out the answer here soon enough you i mean you can do that sort of strategy very effectively oh i think they killed it um i know i'm blanking on the restaurant right now but the the one of the beer releases one of the tour dates that i went to they had a coffee porter on tap. Mm. The restaurant also took some of that coffee porter and they made a glaze and then Ooh. they put that on um, lamb chops. Was that with or without the brewery's permission? With the brewery's permission. From what I had heard, one of the brewers or one of the people that owned the place used to bartend or work at this restaurant. Okay, I'll say because I could see how that could go south very quickly. Yeah, no, it was like they they made the glaze and it was fantastic. Nice, um, I love was, that. Was, you know, people getting experimental. Exactly. It was it was super weird. Also, before we get too far into anything else, uh, fun fact about their labels here on the crawlers. Yeah, you can peel that off, and all of the little icons are stickers. Like they. Oh no! Shit. You can see like the little gray lines around it. I, I do see that. That's super cool. I was going to yes. say, almost looked like flash art tattoos, kind of. For those yep. of you that don't know at home, I am a little bit of a tattoo nut. So I think maybe if we did a little bit of a segment that took off, we could do a little bit of a vote. I would be willing to get any single one of those stickers <laughs> tattooed on my arm. Any of them? The broken heel one seems like your thing. Hey, uh, if the people... Well, actually, no, no, the, the arm in the cast. I feel like that speaks sorry, to us. Sorry, dude, Tom. If, <laughs> you could put my name there. If the people wanted it, they could name anywhere on my arm that is already, you know, it's, it, it's open real estate. I'd get it. You know, that's awesome. I really, now that you pointed that out, I really do like their artwork. Yeah, they, they definitely have some some real cool ideas. Um, I've had a I've had a lot of things by these guys, and it's everything's been just fantastic. You're more well versed than we are, I would say. 
Well, we've talked about a lot of other people's stuff tonight. Uh, let's talk about you for a minute here before we close out. Uh, when you, Nate Uppadell, are not working with beer, what are you doing? Not working? Um, so my, my big thing as of recent, especially with the shutdown, is doing a lot of graphic design work. Um, I got into that. I've been an event manager by trade for a long time. That's actually why I wanted to get into the brewery industry. Um, but graphic design always kind of went hand in hand. You know, if you want to put it on an event, you need some eye catching graphics. Absolutely. Um, right. So I, I jumped into that. Um, actually, even for this show, I just kicked over a logo before Thank we started you. filming for these guys. Thank you, um, buddy. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a lot of fun working on it and just kind of tossing ideas back and forth um so that's kind of been my thank you (laughs) blessing (laughs) (laughs) um that's kind of been my thing for that um pre-covid you know i go out i probably played like three at least three shows a month um just random venues filling in for random bands that's awesome Um, yeah traveling all over the state um not so much out of state but they're they're four higher gigs, so they don't tend to pay all that much anyway. I, well, I think one random thing I want to know is how hard is that to learn a random band's music? I'm sure not most of it is original, but how hard is it to learn, let's say, an original band's music when you have never practiced it before and say you have 24 hours to prepare for a gig? Well, if they, if they contact me with only 24 hours to go, that's, that's a little different. I I'm no, don't normally fill in for like, I've filled in for people when they're sick, but most of the time it's like, hey, our drummer has conflicting date or, you know, has something else going on this day. Can you fill in? So I'll tend to have, you know, a couple of weeks really to get everything honed in. But it's really not as difficult as you'd think. Um, if you know the chops, if, if you know, there's some pretty standard stuff that you need to know. Right. Um, but a lot of it, Honestly, a lot of it comes from just playing with those people enough times. Jamming. Um, yeah, because, well, you need to know there's there's body language that goes on yeah, that you might sure. not necessarily notice at first, but you can really feel where things are going just by watching them. Have you ever messed up so hard on stage that you pulled a, a classic Dustin moment where you're like, yeesh, yikes? <laughs> yes. Yes! Um, I like it. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I do a lot of uh, work for musicals. Um, just, yeah, because they, they need somebody that can sight read. And I went to college for music, which financially not the best decision. Hey, but it, you know you what? Know. You're doing how you are. All yeah. right. Um, but go but on. I, yeah. So it was a musical. It was called The Sugar Nuns. It's a musical about uh, a bunch of nuns on a cruise ship. Kind of a, a raunchy comedy kind of thing. I like it already. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but we, yeah, most of the time the, the pit musicians are in the back or they're down below. They're kind of out of sight. But for this show, we had to be on stage. And I, I beefed just this one transition part. But thankfully, my the keyboardist who hired me on for this 
And I, yeah, not to make excuses. I was like 19 at the time. Like hey, just you know getting, getting used to playing for auditoriums. You know, I've, I've played my fair, 19. yeah, exactly. I played my fair number of barns at this point, but that doesn't really count. Um, Every but, artist has to come from somewhere. Yeah. But that man, that man pulled like the greatest recovery stunt. He, so I beefed it. He stood up. I honestly, it, it it what is like for, the, for the people it. listening, what does beefing it means? Be, I mean, with musicals, a lot of it's like the music and the dancer or and the performers are doing like the same thing or they're kind of synced up. It's, it's very in sync. Okay, so you, yeah. when the, you were playing and the people who were in sync, you got out of sync. Yeah, like I beefed up and it wasn't like uh, in the middle of something. It was like this was their entrance to come back in. Okay. And I missed that entrance. The the keyboardist like stood up, made some sort of like weird joke, like knocked something like a prop off his keyboard. And yeah, and made it basically look like there was this big mistake. Like it was on it was on purpose for this mistake. It was right. just, it was fa- like luckily I had somebody seasoned enough to cover for me there. <laughs> so i i think that's cool that you have that much stuff going on outside of beer i mean drumming graphic designing event planning you've you're certainly keeping yourself busy especially now that you're able to get out of the house a little bit more after quarantine i think that's fantastic that's ultimately the kind of people that i'm super interested in talking to are people that can not only nerd out about beer but can nerd out about nerd out about other things um I like talking to people that are passionate about stuff. So hearing you like, you know, tell a story about drumming when you were 19, like that to me as someone who is not a drummer is like super interesting. Cause it makes me think about what I was doing at that age and stuff. And I feel like it, it allows me to get to know you, you better. So sure. I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's that was awesome. Very cool stuff. Thanks Nate. Um, so before we hang up the phone on this, uh, we got a little segment here that I want to call Breaking Brews. Ooh. And uh, we've got some news from the beer industry. Um, so both these articles that we've got today are from a place called Brewbound. And Brewbound uh, basically covers uh, the craft beer industry, provides daily content, industry events, and job listings. Um, first article here is, uh, according to Nielsen, Beer sales topped $1 billion during Memorial Day week. And there's a couple things to kind of think about here. First of all, I didn't know Nielsen had any sort of like uh, barometer on the beer industry. I thought that was like a television ratings thing. So that, first of all, kind of (laughs) caught me off guard. Uh, Second of all, I think there's a couple things to take into account here. Memorial Day weekend was bingo. Kind of influx. It's a high influx. It's nice. You know, it's kind of that first summer holiday. People are coming out of quarantine. People are going out to the parks. Uh, yep. But yeah, $1 billion um, in beer sales. And that was up 18.2%. Does it list from in the that, week prior? Does it list in that, um, I guess I don't know where that study was taken, but domestic versus crafts? Um, that would be an interesting case in point. It's a good question. It's a good question. It just says off-premise beer category sales. So I'm guessing that's 
that's across the board, everything. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so people are getting outside. People are drinking more beer in the parks. That's kind of the way I, I interpret that data, I guess. But uh, yeah. kind, of, are, kind of an interesting little thing. People are cooped up. They're getting sick of staying inside. They want to have a frothy foamer. They want to drink hams at a barbecue. Yes, sir. Your guilty pleasure. Hey. And uh, our second and final headline for this week's Breaking Brews. This one I thought was super cool. Um, San Antonio has a brewery called Weather. Excuse me. San Antonio has a brewery called Weathered Souls. Ooh. And uh, basically, they're leading this project to brew a collaboration beer called Black is Beautiful. And it's kind of, uh, it's basically a logo that they have. And they've got an online portal through their website um, where you can basically show interest, get a recipe for this beer. And it's worth noting too, the beer is a Imperial Stout. So basically they send you the recipe. They send you this this, uh, uh, can wrap or this design, which is kind of a play on like the, it's very similar to the, the Black Lives Matter signs. Okay. Um, but very cool. They said within 24 hours of announcing this initiative, they got contacted by over 100 craft breweries oh. that wanted to participate. And it's kind of a cool thing, you know. Uh, I guess you could kind of call it contract brewing, collaboration brewing. But, uh, you know, basically they're putting out this recipe, this style, and this label and allowing other people to take it on and sell it, at least from the way I'm interpreting this. Um, But then the cool thing is all the proceeds are going to go to organizations in those communities um, that are supporting uh, police reform. Yeah. Which I I think I'm, I'm digging everything involved. I mean, you've got one brewery taking an idea. They're not, you know, uh, uh, treating it as like their baby, this coveted thing. They're, they're asking for help, you know, and they're reaching out to people around the country and allowing them to kind of take part in this cool, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. Community building event. Uh, It's very cool. Yeah. I know I, I have a couple hard questions about that. Let me, let me know what you think about that. Um, so I, I know I've seen that because there's actually a few local breweries, a few Minnesota breweries that have picked up on that, that they requested and they're releasing that beer. Um, I know Prize is doing it. Um, I, think, I think Modest is doing it. And I think Abel is doing it. Um, I don't know for sure about Modest, but I'm pretty sure about the other two. Um, I, think that's, I think it's a cool idea. And it's not the first time this has been done. Um, prior to this, they did one for like a COVID, um, yeah, COVID thing. Um, I I think it was called all together. Cool. And yeah. So, and that was basically all proceeds from that went to local food shelves. Um, and so, yeah, I I think that's a really cool idea because one thing I really admire about the brewery industry is that there's not, it's not cutthroat. Like, it doesn't feel like we're competing with other people. Right. You know, for Wait the most part. Wait you hear part. what I have to say. Oh, excellent. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't feel like we're competing with as many people. It feels like 
there can be a lot of unity with this many different entities. Agreed. If one's doing well, we're kind of all doing well in this industry. At least that's how I try to look at it. Right. Yeah. Like obvious, obviously some people fall out or some breweries fall out. That'll happen. But I think for the most part, it, it shows unity with the whole industry. Right. I guess my, my point of contention basically sort of begins with capitalism and the fact that people want to brew a better beer than the next person. And if you are all brewing the exact same beer, what's to stop me from buying this beer? I mean, I guess it's all going towards the same cause, which is great. I, I mean, it, ultimately all of these, all this goes towards the, the, the best cause, but in a realistic sense, that person just isn't just having that one beer, right? They're not just having that one charity beer. So you would want to have them come in, have that charity beer, and then have them come in and have more of your other beers. So I don't think it's an on-tap thing, though. I think it's a distribution beer. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And, and I mean, I, to that point, I get it. But I think at the same time, like, yeah, obviously you want people to come in and drink your other beer. But I think for trying this beer, people are just going to go to their local spots anyway. I just get it. You know what I mean? Like Support the cause. Exactly. Like You're going to want to try this beer, and if there's a brewery that you're not familiar with that goes right. out and makes this, awesome. Right. And you can go try it there, and you might try some of the other stuff. But for the most part, I think this is just about brewing a beer for a good cause versus right. just straight-up donating money, if that makes sense. I, yeah. Sure. I, guess, I guess where my mind went was what is to stop me – as a brewery who is taking place in this from straight up just producing a better beer. So you come to my place to get the same beer in quotation marks, but just sure. a better version of it. And all the proceeds are still going to the same place, but well, all the external money and all the money you spend after that is obviously coming towards me. And, you know, if it's all in distro, well, then, hey, boys, you got me. Case in point, done. But I, I agree with what you're saying and where you're coming from. I also think that if someone was to really reach out to this brewery and uh, show interest in this cause, um, take on that label and then not brew that beer, I think you're really shitting on the cause at hand. For sure. Um, and I think that's the thing. I, I think people are they reached out because they're interested in helping out. You know, it's not so much about the beer as much as it is about the cause, I think for this one. And I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, I'd agree. But uh, let's bring things back real quick to what we've got in front of us. I'm just finishing up our- uh, Fallen Knife Key Lime Kolsch. Fallen Knife Key Lime Kolsch. Um, Eat Club. Really into it. Uh, I. Yeah, yeah, you done good, kid. You know, th this is one of those beers where I'll have to stand by. Um, I gave a hard, firm rating towards the coconut stout that we just had, but I refracted on it. But this is one of those, and subjectively speaking, I am a sour person, and this isn't considered a true sour. This is a key lime Kolsch, but this just hits every single one of the notes that I want in a beer. It is crisp. 
like a Kolsch. It is light like a Kolsch. It has that fruity flavor in the key and lime, but it also has the tartness that comes with the key and lime. And honestly, this is an all-day drinking beer for me. You can hand this beer to me at 6 in the morning. I would drink it. You can hand this beer to me at 6 at night, and I would drink it. I think this beer, Key Lime Kolsch by Fall and Knife, 4.7. All right. All right. Um, no, I definitely agree. I could drink this at any time. I definitely couldn't, couldn't drink it all day. Um, I think, I don't know, that sour gets to me pretty quick. But, I, yeah, I would drink this. I'd drink my fair share of it, and that's for sure. I see Eric there trying to pull off the stickers. Yeah, I was, and I'm, I'm getting a, a nah from, from Salsa Dave. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Key Lime Kolsch, what are you, what are you giving it, Nate? Uh, I'd give that a solid four. Solid four? Nice. Solid four, yeah. I actually got – I also picked up at the same time one of their or their Belgian Strong. Really looking forward to drinking that one. We'll need to crack one of those off camera. <laughs> I, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, both of you, rather. I, I think it's a, it's a good beer. It's tart. It's easy drinking. It's, it's what I was hoping for, and I'm happy for that. I'm putting it at four stars. Um, Falling Knife Brewing Company, Key Club, Key Lime Kolsch. Falling Knife is uh, off of Harding Street, Northeast in Minneapolis, and that rounds out our three beers for today. So we had a Key Lime Kolsch per Dustin. We had a Jalapeno Cream Ale from Nate. And we had a coconut milk stout from myself. All right, all right. It's been a blast, man. I, I really appreciate you joining us. Seriously, Nate, it was an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to have you on again. I can't wait to see you, I'm sure, probably tomorrow, because we work always the exact same days. I don't work tomorrow. I got tomorrow off. I'm drinking that Belgian triple tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that mug is going to keep getting refilled all night. Absolutely. Love All right. It. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Before we cut the feed, where can people find you? Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, people can find me on LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> um, honestly, over and behind over, the bar, man. And behind the bar, bald man. Uh, actually, over COVID, I I've done some internet purging, um, so just been trying to downplay my uh online presence significantly it's super weird if you type my name into google go for it <laughs> see what happens i'm gonna I'm do that right now do it please do all right buddy i love uh, you and i can't wait to see you next nate love you too buddy we'll see you guys soon perfect well, thanks for joining us nate and thank you for tuning in to another episode of suds buds talk to you later peace
nothing left until they take it all. 